Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtzcast. Cole Petum here as always and we're back for, well, I I would say it's another match preview ahead of Wednesday's game at Villa Park against Manchester City um, or I guess we can maybe call them the Sky Blues depending um, if you have or haven't heard the news um, with all this European Super League chat. Uh, We're going to probably talk about that a lot today because I don't want to be spurned twice Uh, do a preview and then it has no relevancy by Wednesday because I wouldn't be shocked with the time difference. I wake up in the morning and there's no game. It's called off and yeah, everything's tossed up in the air. So we'll touch on that a little bit at the end, just to give everyone kind of the usual uh, context that we already do, but just kind of give everyone a heads up there. But of course we do have an opposition fan. I don't really want to talk by myself. That'd be a little odd. So of course that is David Mooney and David is a podcaster for the blue moon podcast and the athletics. Why always us. So without further ado, David, how you doing? I've had better weekends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, things are, are as they are, aren't they? I mean, it, it would be really nice to be sitting here on what is for me a Monday evening, uh, just really frustrated that City had, uh, the, that the only bad thing City had done this weekend was get knocked out of the FA Cup, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, like this was the one thing I always look at the City game, and I have since I. Well, almost since I've supported Villa, of course, you guys weren't that great around the 2010, 2011 mark. You're still finding your feet. And of course, now you're a powerhouse as you are today. Of course, I'm nervous for these games. I was worried because I don't even know what's going on with Jack Grealish. I've just given up on hoping that's even a possibility at this point, to be honest. And now we see all this chat about uh, six European or six English clubs pulling into this uh, European Super League. What's going to happen? Domestic cups are at the door, yada, yada, yada. I mean, David, I'll, I'll just come to you straight with this. What are your thoughts on the whole situation? Because, I mean, it doesn't affect my club in the sense that they're leaving the Premier League or they're leaving this, that, and the other or whatever it's going to go on. So it also it does to an extent, but from your standpoint, where do you sit with it? Um, this, this has probably had one of the single greatest negative factors on uh, my relationship with City that I've ever known. Um, and I don't say that lightly, to be honest with you. It's, it's an interesting kind of discussion because when I, when I think back to what the European Super League was when I was a kid and like when it was when I was you know growing up in the 90s and and it was it was mooted every every four or five years or so that the top clubs in England could break away along with the top clubs in Spain, Italy, Germany, France and make a, a European Super League. It was always as this it, it was like a power tool over over the uh, over your wafer and over the their football leagues to basically give them a little bit more power and um We've obviously hit a situation where the top clubs in England, especially, 
Um, it, it was almost physically impossible to give them any more power than they had already. I mean, the fact that that kind of uh, when they when they all sit down at the Premier League table, the fact that uh, clubs like City and United and Arsenal and Chelsea have a veto on things that are being decided. Like first off, that shouldn't exist. Like the the best and most dominant clubs in the country should not be able to say, actually, we don't think this idea benefits us, so we're not going to agree to it. Because that is that first off is balmy. Um, City got very lucky. City City were invested into in two thousand and eight. Uh, without that severe investment from Sheikh Mansour, they would never have been anywhere near the top table at, uh, at, at this moment in time. It's feasible they may not have been in the top flight at this moment in time had they not had that investment. Things, you know, were going okay. They were a mid-table side, but how often do you see mid-table sides, you know, put in a couple of bad seasons and suddenly drop out of the top flight again? Um, so for them, I, I, I almost, I, I feel like. It's. I'm not even offended. It's like the brass neck of this lot to turn around, like 15 years later, and say, um, "No, we'd like a. We'd like even more slice of the pie that we've uh, that, that 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 we've bought our way into being able to take a nice big chunk of anyway." Um, first off, like they were as much as City were opponents of financial fair play. I'm fairly sure they were perfectly happy with it because it stopped anybody else. It stopped Aston Villa, for instance, getting a rich owner and doing what City did. Um, so it didn't threaten their position in that way. So for them to then come out and be in a position now where they want to break away and have even more control and power over everybody else, it just stinks absolutely rotten. Um, and I like, as for me as a fan to be saying that, like it should suit me to the ground for City to be even more powerful than they were already, because it means City keep winning, and that's that 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 sounds wonderful. Except it just isn't. It just it goes against every fibre of what we bought into when we started supporting this football club. And so I've gone on a rant there that I can't even remember the question you asked me. <laughs> uh, honestly, it was just kind of your assumptions and how you felt about it. So that that kind of puts it forth very well. That clears well. that up, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like on an outsider kind of point of view, I mean, like I I can't wrap my mind around it. It's that. Well, the thing that makes me laugh the most is you have and obviously money talks. So it makes sense why some of these clubs are in there. But you look at Arsenal, you look at Spurs, especially where they are right now. You're not even close to being a, a, a perennial figure in this league right now. Has Arsenal ever won a, a Champions League? No. Have Spurs? No. Uh, of course, you can say City haven't either. Of course, either. And it, it's just funny. Like I'm not basing it on history because of, of course, Villa won the European Cup. Of course, Forest have as well. And you can go on and on and on. But it's just, it, it's crazy how you give these clubs a little bit of leeway financially in the past, and yeah. they'll just take that extra mile. And I mean. This isn't an no, extra no, no, mile. no. They, they, they won't. They'll, they'll they'll take that extra mile and then demand another mile. Well, they've <laughs> they've, they've just... obliterated it at this point. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I, I think the next thing I want to talk about from you supporting City as a whole, what does that kind of do for you? Because, I mean, if this was Villa, and I I've seen other uh, fan channels and podcasts kind of say this, whether it's United or Arsenal or whoever. And basically their whole kind of justification, if this happens, they really don't know where they sit with the support of that club. But where do you sit personally? I honestly don't know. I don't think I'm strong enough to walk away because my 
Um, my gut instincts for how all this plays out and what kind of what the end result is. Um, I think there's a lot of of uh, blustering and bluffing going on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think these clubs particularly want to leave the Premier League. Uh, I think if they don't compete in the Premier League, it will have to be because the Premier League expels them. Um, that's not, you know, that's not beyond the realms of possibility. I fully accept that that could happen. Um, but that is a very damaging position for the Premier League to take. It's, it is a very much uh, um, a leap of faith. They're going to cut off our, an arm here to be able to, 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 to try and make a point. And it's a very, it, it could be a dangerous thing for them to do. They could, they could, in trying to stop the others from being able to go away and do their thing, they could cause an implosion on themselves. And that I think they'll be weighing up whether that is, uh, whether that's doable. So that's a very delicate situation. City may or may not be in the Premier League in the future, whether or not that's, uh, if they're not, it's, it's a Premier League decision. I don't think it's a City decision. Um, all of that being said, like, I'm not even. I, I'm not happy, particularly with City being in the Premier League and also being part of this cartel of clubs that just plays each other for money. Um, because I mean, I mean, let's be honest: the, the Premier League isn't this great socialist dream. It's not. Uh, you know, the, no. the money doesn't filter down from the top to the bottom. It is very much dominated by who can spend the most. And I'm. I'm not advocating that everything's perfect right now. Um, but what I am saying is that I don't see a situation that exists where there is a European Super League um, and the situation gets better. There is an opportunity here to, to, to revolutionise things and make things better and make things fairer. Uh, by introducing a European Super League where all the best teams play each other and earn more money because of that, it, that, that isn't the way to do it. And so even if the end, even if the end goal is... City still compete in the Premier League. They still compete in the League Cup and the FA Cup, uh, but they don't compete in the Champions League. They compete in this European Super League instead. Um, I'm still not sure how invested in it I, I will be. I'll still be invested in City in the Premier League. I'll still be invested in the, in the, in the domestic cups. Um, but it almost feels even more hollow because it's almost as if it's almost a message to everybody else that uh, we're just going to keep spending and spending and spending and make sure you can't win anything. And every now and then, I mean, like even in the current situation, Leicester winning the title in, in 2016, I mean, it, it was a 5,000 to one shot that came in. And the very fact that it came in, people talk about it as, as if it's almost this sort of miracle situation. And, and Leicester, let's be honest, Leicester are loaded. They've got mm. a lot of money. They just don't have as much money as City or Chelsea or United or Liverpool. And that uh, that's been treated like it's this this major underdog story when actually you know go back to the the 60s and 70s and it wouldn't be this major underdog story because everybody's a lot more able to 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 compete you that there is a very select group of, of of clubs at the moment before any of these plans that even had access to winning the premier league um and that pool is only going to get smaller even like even with arsenal and tottenham in there like by the very fact that that United City and Chelsea and Liverpool are in there, there's those two. You know, Arsenal and Spurs are still going to have to to go go some to, to to be the shock outsiders to win the title at this at this rate. So even even if City do compete in this in this European League and then stay in the Premier League, it still feels like it, it it's it's almost a little bit more hollow, and like. Even if, like, even the Champions League prize money that City get. I mean, look at you. You mentioned Villa and, and Forest before. Um, it, it's almost as if to say, why now? 
why why is why is it now that is the most important time to do this and 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 to to kind of have this breakaway because does city have any more right to be in any any european super league than than aston villa do or than the nottingham forest do they've both won a european uh, the, the top european trophy city haven't um city have made two semi-finals in 10 years and that's it and even that includes this season where you know as we're taught now there's, there's there's discussions that they might not even be allowed to compete in it because of of, of all of this so i think it i think it's a very um I, I can understand why a lot of fans are very upset about it and not just fans from outside this this group of clubs by the fans in this group of clubs themselves um and then you throw into the fact that that you know 15 years ago city would have been on the outside of this looking in going can we play with that football and all the other clubs going eh, no no don't think you can um and we'd have to go mm, all right then and we'll, we'll go and play with our other mates over here um that I mean, the very fact that that's where we're at and City have, have now looked at this situation and gone, now nah, we're, we're all right with it. We're, we're with the big boys now. We don't need to we don't need to think about everybody else. It just it it, it does sour that relationship. And and the problem is, even if thing, even if this doesn't happen, even if the Super League idea falls through completely, um, you can't unring the bell. You can't take the, co- the, the milk out of the coffee. Like it's it's happened now. It's this. We know what the club thinks of us as fans. They looked at this situation and went, "This." Their impact assess- assessment of it was, "It's not going to be popular with the fans. Uh, the Premier League are not going to be happy. The FA are not going to be happy. UEFA are not going to be happy. But we're going to do it anyway. We don't care." And that I think is what sticks in the throat more than anything else. So let's, you know what, the best way to kind of maybe get around this next question I have, let's pretend the pandemic's done with, um, it's next season, uh, this is all went through, City are officially in this league, uh, yada, 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 of course, restrictions, whatever, and we kind of know of it as much information we know now, and it's like that. H- how filled do you think that stadium is on opening match week for for that, I guess? tournament or whatever they're um, calling it it's probably half full i think um i think some people won't be able to give it up i think some people won't care um and i think a lot of people will care and i think it's i i, I think those that that don't care are very very much in the minority um i think those that can't give it up are probably in the rest of that 50 percent. and you're probably talking about 40 of that 50 percent um, and I think 50% will go, no, it's it's too much. And uh, unless there are no Premier League games, unless, if, if if there's an expulsion and City are not in the Premier League, it will be a bit, uh, it, I think it will be, be fuller than it would be otherwise. Um, I can see a lot of people deciding that they are going to go to Premier League games, they'll go to League Cup games and FA Cup games, but they won't go to, to European Super League games. And that's kind of where I'm at with it at the moment. Um, I, just, I, I don't think I'm strong enough to walk away from it, especially having you know done a podcast on the club for 10 years and having written several books about them and, and basically built my own job around supporting City. Uh, it's a hell of a thing to, to kind of resign from being myself, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, um, it's it's emotional. So, like, I get it. Yeah, 100%. and uh, and like it's it's not what I signed up for. Um, and like I I fully accept that there'll be people listening to this, and and rightly so. You know, won't have any sympathy for that because you you know you you you, you get what you're given, and City have been given a very very good hand in the last kind of ten years or so. Um, and with that comes the inevitable consequences of things like this, and you kind of play the cards you dealt. I totally accept that. Um, 
And so I just wonder kind of, I wonder how quickly people will, will switch off. I don't think, to answer your question directly, I don't think the stadium get, I, I don't think the stadium is full if they're it for that opening European Super League game, unless City are uh, also expelled from the Premier League. It's honestly, like, I still can't get my mind around this. And for some, like, I, I get why, like, I'm upset about it. And I'm not, obviously not one of those six clubs. And it's just, I don't know. I look at it from the perspective of you have people that uh, gave their lives for this club in terms of yeah. years of service, of employment. Uh, it could be ex-players through injury, risking just their well-being for their future like years being chopped off their career to play one game that meant so much more than anything else for whatever purpose it's yeah and it's, on all all these six clubs are basically yeah. looking you lot in the face and going none of that matters yeah that's, that's what we're that's what we're saying and it's like that the very idea that uh, this has happened i mean basically what i think a lot of city fans can understand is that um you know like i say 15 years ago that would have been us being looked in the face and saying none of your history matters and 100%. that 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 hurts. That really, really hurts. And I think that's what what's hurting a lot of City fans right now because effectively the club is saying we don't care about what's what, what what's happened in the past for this club or the or, or any other club. We, we we just we want to be involved in this thing that's going to get us a lot of money. And yeah, sure, you know, City. I'm fairly sure have have, um, have been kind of hinting behind the scenes that they felt very much strong-armed into having to do this because everybody else was doing it. And, uh, you, you know, the, the, I think the line on, on Sunday night was um, City didn't really want to go along with it, but they couldn't be, that uh, they were afraid of missing out on this lucrative deal. And I'm kind of like, guys, come on. <laughs> like, we're, we're not kids in the playground. Like, no. do, I, do I really have to say the thing about if your mate jumps off a bridge, would you do it as well? You know, I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it, you're big enough and, and strong enough and rich enough, let's not forget that, um, to stand up for yourselves. So, you know, if that's really how you feel, grow a backbone and tell the others to, to sod off. You know, don't, don't sit here and go, well, you know, all the big boys were saying we had to do this, so we did it. It's like, no, it doesn't wash. Yeah. And I mean, this is like, I, I don't want to generalize Americans. So I, I know a lot, probably almost half of our listeners, of course, uh, are in North America. And this is kind of a, a very split podcast, if there ever was one in terms of Villa demographic numbers, um, based on how the website was founded and yada, yada, yada. So I don't mean to kind of patronize them or or patronize I should say or any kind of thing negative but it's a very kind of American format in the sense that you have a league you can't get relegated or basically kind of promote it to it is what it is if you finish last maybe there's kind of benefits to that in the future it's it, essentially it's the same format that you see in the NBA NFL NHL any kind of American North American league and it's you're turning in my opinion you're turning other leagues i.e if they left the Premier League and somehow that happened you're almost turning those into development leagues for this ultimate league and yeah I kind of look at that and I, I think the one thing I want to get your opinion on now David is what do you think that does to players we've already seen I think I, was, I saw a tweet from Ander Herrera that came out there's a few other ones from I think was it uh, Podence at Wolves I think came out as well there's a few others what do you think that does for players within those particularly the six English clubs and your club as well do you think that Dieter's not only future players coming to your club but the current crop now um I honestly don't know I'm my gut instincts is probably that uh if they are a player of one of the clubs that's planned to be a part of this they probably don't care um 
largely because ultimately their day isn't going to change too much. They'll go in, go training, they'll play some games and they'll get paid and that's it. If they're, As long as they're allowed to compete in the international tournaments, which I don't... like. The thing that, the, the thing that strikes me about this is um, if, all, if UEFA and FIFA have a backbone about them and say, no, any player that goes and plays in this European Super League cannot compete in... Uh, the World Cup cannot compete in the European Championships. What is ge- genuinely what is stopping these th- this European Super League saying? Well, we'll host our own international tournament That's with our own footballs to. and our yeah. and our own and our own eligibility criteria. Um, and yeah, you can you can play in it if you're not part of um, the European Super League, and you can play in it if you are part of the European Super League. And suddenly, everyone goes and plays in that instead, and that's worth more money. And everybody pats themselves on the back for a job well done because they've they've kind of won the World Cup again. So, I, I don't really see that having too much of an impact on the players. I, 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 ultimately, what it'll do is probably drive players' wages up. Uh, drive transfer fees up and drive ticket prices up and everybody ultimately uh, it's it's the working classes that lose out again because that seems to be how life goes and yep. <laughs> um, sorry for sounding particularly cynical no. about how life life is there but that's that's kind of where I'm at with it no, um, and good. so I, I I don't think I don't think players will I don't think the players will worry too much I think maybe the players outside of it can can, can understandably be upset by it and, and and concerned by it I mean let's look at it as as the Champions League, for instance, um, to get into the Champions League, again, you need a lot of money and you need to invest it well and the stars need to align. But there are occasions when teams who are not regular Champions League qualifiers get into the Champions League and they shake up the competition. They do really well and then they don't qualify again for a few seasons. Um but the, the one thing that uh, that the Champions League demonstrates is, take City in the Champions League. City's group stages are nowadays god-awful. And the reason for that is because City do well and they get seeded well, and that's it. When they started in the Champions League, they were drawing Bayern Munich and Napoli and you know Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund in the groups. And it, they were really tough groups that, that City couldn't get out of. As soon as they changed the, the, the format so that the, the, the league winners were kept apart and you know everybody else was, was seeded on a different coefficient system, City were pretty much guaranteed a group that had four to six dead rubber games. Mm-hmm. And the tournament doesn't get interested until they're playing Borussia Dortmund in the last round or PSG in the next round. And that's because the jeopardy doesn't, doesn't come into the tournament at this point. So if there's no promotion or relegation in this, in this super league, then it doesn't really matter where they finish. If there's, if there's no, uh, and they're guaranteed to be in it for, you know, future seasons. And if it's, if, if it's a, a league format, then, you know, you're just throwing in a, again a load of dead rubbers once as soon as they can't win this this title. If it's a knockout competition as is being mooted with, uh, you know, a group stage, then sure, City play Barcelona and City play PSG, but there's nothing riding on it until it becomes that knockout competition. The 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 point of football being interesting is the point at which things become there is jeopardy and there is a knockout element to it. That's why genuinely some of the best games that I've been to have been Champions League knockout ties, FA Cup knockout ties. 
League Cup, less so, because teams tend to rotate for that one. But those two knockout competitions are the ones where if you're losing in the final 10 minutes, there's no chance of making it up in three weeks' time. No. You need a goal, and that's mm-hmm. it. And and that's what makes football exciting, and that's what we live for. Um, we don't live, I, I personally anyway, don't live to see City play the best of the best every 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 other week. Um just because of who they are and who their name is, because there's no, if there's no in- incentive to qualify, there's no incentive to need to get better. And there's, and, and it just leads to this, this cycle of, uh, of a lack of competition. And I don't see what the prestige is in winning a European super league over winning the champions league. I really, I really, really don't. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing too. It's, it's supposed to be a, a privilege and not a right. And this basically yeah. just gives that up. And the other thing that I kind of thought was interesting when you're mentioning the group stage, and I do agree. I mean, sometimes you might not even kind of tune in or you might tune in for like the second half or something if it's not really that much of a tie. But I think the one thing it says more to me is when you look at, I, I don't want to say clubs, but it, maybe you could say like Olympiacos, a Shakhtar, uh, you can go back in years to random clubs that just scratched and clawed to get in there for even one season to, you know, they're not going to get into the next round. Most likely sometimes it does happen, of course, but most times it doesn't, but what it means to that set of fans, what it means financially for them, it's, it's unattestable in my opinion. It's yeah. like, and you're scratching all that out. Everyone loves an underdog story. And in my opinion, this whole ESL just kind of, it, it takes away basically the predictability, the passion of it. You're going to see, say, Real Madrid versus Chelsea four times a season, per se. I, I don't see how that's exciting when you know it's going to be expected every year. My best kind of, I guess, maybe example of that is, of course, I, I live in Canada. I, I played hockey growing up. I love the Montreal Canadiens and the NHL. I've been born and raised to love them through my dad. That's how it's always been. They have an 82-game season. There's no way I'm watching 82 games. They'll play the same team like six times. Sometimes I'll watch it because of rivalries, but uh, let's be honest, I'm not going to watch, say, uh, I don't know, Montreal versus the Columbus Blue Jackets if they play each other twice probably because I cannot give more than a crap, especially if it's on a Friday night. (laughs) It's, It's one of those things where it's, it, it it gets boring and that's really what it takes into it but uh david if well, you I mean, let, really... let, oh, let, sorry, go on. let me give you let me let me give you an example of that because uh, again the champions league group stage earlier this season um i play uh six aside football on a tuesday mm-hmm. night um and the situation that we've had in this country with uh covid restrictions and where i live and everything like that um i live in greater manchester which is uh one of the areas that's been most hit by uh covid cases and covid restrictions and uh in terms of lockdowns uh greater manchester's only been out of lockdown for it was something like 100 out of the last uh 380 days um and so what uh, th- there came a point last autumn where things had started to open up again and we were allowed to do a few things one of which was organized sport and so my football on a Tuesday night came back and we started playing again and one of the lads uh, in the in the WhatsApp group said to me I oh, will City playing this Tuesday are you okay to play or um, would you rather we, we called it off and I was like mate I'd much much rather play because I don't know when we're going to get to play again and you know four or five years ago the fact that it was a Champions League game, I would have, I, I would have immediately said, "No, I can't play tonight. I've got to, you know, City are on in the Champions." Exactly. League. But, yeah. bec- but because of the way that I now feel about the Champions League group stage, especially, 
it was such an easy decision. And the knowledge, like made even easier by the knowledge that that we'd probably end up in another lockdown sooner rather than later. And so, you know, organised sport would stop. I get that. Um, but it's like, I have a life outside of City and I think City have forgotten that sometimes. And certainly with this move, you know, that I, I, it feels like they're forgetting that, you know, I do other things as well and I'm interested in other things. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, you know, if they, if they piss me off too much, I might decide to take up some more interests, you know? Yeah. No, I, I get it. Like, to be honest, like I, I thought about this and I mean, this doesn't really have anything to do with the ESL, but I mean, especially during the first pandemic or not the first pandemic, the first uh, lockdown, especially here um, in Ontario, in Canada. I mean, we're probably the worst province right now in terms of numbers <laughs> and everything going on. But anyhow, I mean, just kind of the the mental fatigue it put on a lot of people. It can't really do much, of course. And it's new to so many people, if not everybody. And it it kind of finds certain people discovering to do new hobbies and do new things and realizing, you know what, you know what, as much as I loved this, there's X, Y, and Z reasons why maybe I don't anymore. And I even looked at that myself with producing this kind of content. I basically took like a month and a half off thinking like, I don't know, this is, this is wearing on me. We don't know what's going on. And that's just waiting on football to come back. That's, that's something as simple as that. That's not even going yeah. into the whole mindset of, well, you know what? Uh, my club's going to leave this league, this competition and that competition. It's a whole different kind of spectrum. But at the end, it's the same mindset. And it's, it's crazy to me. But I, I mean, it is what it is. But David, I, I guess maybe we'll, we'll touch on the game here a little bit, just in case it does actually happen. Um. <laughs> I, I, let, let me say, I, I, yeah. I think, uh, I actually don't think that much is going to change. Uh, no. My gut instinct is that there is a big game of poker going on here. And what will actually happen is there'll be some sort of compromise between the two sides. I thought it was interesting, actually, in the uh, ESL statements that it said they were still in discussions with uh, the FA, with uh, UEFA, with FIFA. Uh, and all of those bodies have come out and strongly condemned it, uh, which <laughs> which leads me to think that they probably are still talking to each other about how to get out of this mess and, and, and how to proceed. Um I mean, the answer isn't going to be pretty, but I do think I, I don't think we're going to be looking at a, a, a football structure that is too dissimilar to what we're in, what we're what we've got at the moment. Uh, except those six clubs are probably going to get a little bit more money for it. Um, uh, that I mean, obviously, I'm jaded with that, and it's it's it, 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 it's it's bad. It's not good, but it's uh, I, I don't think this is I, I I don't maybe maybe it's the optimist in me, but I don't think it's going to be the, uh, the, the the complete death knell. And so ultimately, bringing it back round to your point, I do think the game is going to go ahead, and I do <laughs> think there is going to be some element of Premier League competition for all of these teams in in both coming weeks and years. Well, I hope so, because you know what, if no more Premier League now, I'm going to be a little bit sad, of course. I mean, Villa season hasn't been going that well in the last probably month or so. Uh, no Jack Grealish and all that kind of stuff and just kind of being safe and sleepwalking into the summer, basically, at this point. But, you know, let's let's briefly kind of look ahead to this. Of course, you guys are eight points ahead of United, who are, of course, in second. I mean, at this point, would you say the title's pretty well wrapped up? I mean, kind of barring an absolute kind of calamity of a fall? Uh, it should be. It should be. I mean, 
Eight points from six games is a risky bit of uh, of maths because that's the position City were in behind United in 2012. Uh, and then they came back and won the title from there. Uh, the big difference, of course, was that City played United in that run-in, so they had a, an opportunity to directly take points off them. Uh, United don't have that opportunity in, in this run-in, and United's schedule is, is rather unforgiving. I look at it as City need 11 points from their remaining six games. Um and I would be surprised if they if they didn't pick up eleven points over the course of these games. I I, I don't necessarily know whether that starts with uh, with Villa um, City. There's a weird thing going on with City at the moment, where the Leeds game uh, a couple of weekends ago was a, a major example of it. City's City have huge strength in depth. The problem with the depth at the moment is that uh, a lot of it is out of form. So Raheem Sterling can't he can't buy a good kick of the football right now. Things are bouncing off him when they don't normally. He can't he he, he can barely put he, he can barely put one foot in front of the other and, and make it look you know good at the moment. Um, so he's out of form. Uh, Sergio Aguero has been in and out of the team with his ongoing knee injury. Uh, Bernardo Silva's dropped in form. Jao Cancelo's dropped in form. And so all these players in the second string, uh, they're, they're kind of being shoehorned into positions because Guardiola's saving his best players for, well, it was for the Dortmund game. And then I assumed for the, um, the cup final on, uh, in the, in the coming weekend. Um, and so it, it just resulted in a really, really disjointed performance that City put in against Leeds. They had a lot of the ball, didn't do much with it, and Leeds hit them on the counter-attack. Uh, having lost the Cup semi-final at the weekend by playing a very similar team, he's kind of backed himself into a corner that he's got to go a little bit stronger for this game against Villa. Um, so I don't know what he's going to do because he he, he he needs to save the players that are in form for the Spurs game at the weekend because like that's a cup final and you know they have no leeway in the cup final they have a they have you know an eight point leeway in the Premier League so they can kind of you know take a few chances with the Villa game but equally if they lose two Premier League games on the bounce having lost a cup semi final in the middle of it it's suddenly panic stations everywhere so I, I really don't know how he's going to approach it and my my guess is that uh, he'll go stronger than he wants to uh, but weaker than full strength and I think that's how he should have gone at the weekend as well and try to to win that Chelsea game with a slightly stronger side and then rotate again with a different set of players but play a slightly stronger side again against Villa uh, the long and short of it is me basically saying I I think had City won at the weekend uh, Villa would be facing a, a much weaker side than they're probably going to face now <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, if, if there's any benefit and Pep does go with a, I, I guess you can say, quote unquote, a weaker side, even though I don't really know if that exists for you guys, to be honest. Um, we do love giving out of form players um, an opportunity to get back in form. If you want to look at the recent Spurs loss, which honestly, we should have got something out of and just played absolutely yeah. piss poor uh, Liverpool game. To be honest, we should have got something out as well, but just kind of gave it away and shot ourselves in the foot. So we do have that in us. Of course, like I said before, um, I doubt Jack Grealish will play for this one. Uh, at this point, it feels like he'll never play for us again. <laughs> it just <laughs> It's an ongoing just nightmare of please come back because the creativity is not there. And I mean, we do kind of pop up with the odd goal here and there, but offensively it's not being generated and of course if you look at the game the 2-0 loss for Villa at the Etihad I mean we were pretty fortunate in certain circumstances not to concede earlier on but I mean that just yeah but come on you were you were also pretty unfortunate not to have scored in that game true but I mean it's uh, that that genuinely was one of the best games that I've seen this season um 
And I, 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 I don't think City came out of that. Um, I, I think City came out of that and, and kind of went, whew, got away with one there. You know, I, I think as much as, as Villa have been out of form pretty much in every game after that, <laughs> um, I, I do think City, I, I feel like City will feel like they got away with one that day. So it was a, a I think, I, I don't think they'll be that excited about going to Villa Park with those memories of that game. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but I, I mean, my favorite mark or my favorite memory, I should say, um, at Villa Park against City, of course, is that Vyman goal. Uh, I mean, it was absolutely a laughable kind of error and just kind of passage of play to even make that happen. But uh, you know what? I wouldn't mind seeing that happen, of course, on Wednesday. Will it happen? I highly doubt it, to be honest, because the <laughs> wingers can't seem to do anything right now anyways. But uh, David, before we wrap things up, uh, could I get your score prediction, please? Oh, I, this could be anything because it depends. It depends <laughs> entirely on what Guardiola does. If Guardiola names the same sort of team he named in the cup final, uh, then uh, there could be trouble ahead, and we could be looking at uh, a, a, a potential Villa smashing grab. We could be looking at City nicking it one nil or, or two nil or something like that. Um, I think he'll play a little bit stronger, and I think City will just about get away with doing what they um, what they want to do. And I'm going to say they'll nick it two one. Uh, but I like li- literally toss a coin, see where it lands, and and kind of, you know, put out all the scores on a mat on the floor and toss a coin on top of it, find out what the score is going to be. That's you've got a, as much chance of predicting it on that than than anything like I've said in the last kind of half hour or so. Uh, that's fair enough. And I mean, if people got this far into it, they might kind of think, you know what, they're amping this up. Cool's amping this up and <laughs> thinking, you know what, maybe he'll say we'll get a win. Uh, sorry, I, I really can't see that, especially with how we're playing. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like this is probably one of the first losses I'll predict. But anyways, um, I'm going to go 3-1. I just, we have an error in us right now, and it's been almost every game. Um, and I can't really see that changing. And with players just spectacularly coming back in form especially against us and then just getting right out of form basically the day after it wouldn't really shock me if a few of those players you previously mentioned just had an absolute uh kind of worldly of a game to be honest but uh <laughs> anyways we'll, we'll leave it at that david thank you very much for joining me and if people want to uh, find you and interact with you how can they do so I'm on Twitter at David Mooney. Don't say I'm not uh, unimaginative. Um, and uh, I've got, uh, you can also find Blue Moon Podcast as well on Twitter. Uh, again, just search Blue Moon Podcast and you will find it uh, because I can't think of names that aren't just literally the names of things. So there we go. <laughs> fair enough. To be fair, I didn't even have to come up with the name of this podcast. It was already set in stone. So that made it very, very easy for me. But of course, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. You can tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. You can, of course, email the podcast if you want to do so, holtcast at gmail.com. We'll leave it there. Hopefully, we'll have a positive or kind of semi-positive review uh, for you guys on Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon, whenever you listen to it, of course, after the City game. But we'll leave it there. And don't forget, up the villa. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.